0: listening to the sermon podcast of Brockport First Baptist. We are a progressive American Baptist congregation located about 20 minutes outside of Rochester, New York. To learn more about our church and support our ministries, please visit brockportfirstbaptist.org. This week's scripture reading is from Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 14. It is either in, on page 787 or page 788 of the Pew Bibles. I'm not sure because I have two different numbers sitting in front of me right now. <laughs> Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorns or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you who behave lawlessly. The word of God for the people of God. Thank
1: you, Jesus. Woo! Thank you, James. Um, these verses hit me hard this week, and I hope it's stirring just a little bit inside of you um, as we embark on this section. I sat in these verses a lot, and I asked for God to show me how to make these real for all of us, because often these verses get totally uh, used only for leaders. And so, before we begin, please join me in prayer. God, open our hearts. Open our minds. I ask, Lord, that you would make your presence known, that we would feel your hand and your guidance on our journey today and always. Lord, move me aside May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our collective hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. And all of God's people said, Amen. So beware of false prophets. So this did make me think through my own life and my own ministry and my own transparency with everybody. Examining everything And checking my own heart and my motivations throughout this summer has been interesting and enjoyable and at times rather difficult. It's not always easy to look at ourselves and our own stuff. But when we really start to look at our lives, God shows up and he starts shining lights in places and in spaces where we have room to grow Where we have room to be more authentically us in ways that we have not had the courage or the bravery to sit in. (laughs) I'm going to reread a few of the sections quickly, from a little bit from last week and a little bit from this week, just to kind of situate ourselves why we have this dichotomy again. Uh, Verse 13 from last week. Enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide, and the road is easy, that leads to destruction. Beware of false prophets, who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. In this same way, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. We find in these sections three different comparisons that Jesus is making. And I want you to notice that Jesus is giving us a few different dichotomies here. So we have the two roads, we have the narrow way and the wide gate and then wide road. we have two prophets. we have the two trees, the good tree and the bad tree and then next week we're going to see another one in two builders. Jesus is really making a point here but the two ways it's actually an ancient and a conventional image. We actually see this in the Old Testament. Uh, One example as found in Jeremiah 21, 8. And to this people you shall say, thus says the Lord, See, I am setting before you the way of life and the way of death. We find these two ways all the way back in Genesis when we're given the story of the Garden of Eden and the tree of life versus the tree of knowledge. Now we know that Jesus talks in hyperbole, but this is specifically following this ancient tradition to help us find the message a bit easier. When we don't have to live fully in the gray area and we have the benefits, and we can see the benefits of following Jesus versus not following. Even when it's hard, even when the road seems difficult. Even when the rewards may appear better and faster when living this worldly life versus living in Jesus' kingdom. Instead, Jesus is asking for us to enter that narrow gate now, to enter the life that he has laid out for us. So keeping in mind that Jesus' intention is to remind his followers why it is important to follow his ways, let's reread the first half of our verses To get us really situated into what our message is for us today. And of course I'm going to start with verse 13 again. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction and there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life and there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorns or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will know them by their fruits. So I'm guessing we've all heard the message that we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus. Am I right? Amen. So what is Jesus getting at? Why does the fruit matter? If we are saved because of grace, then does it even matter what we are doing with our lives? Well, yes. It matters. It matters big. It's really easy to use these verses and point out leaders who we know in the present or in the past who do not live up to what they say. Am I right? Does everybody have somebody in their mind right now? (laughs) Yep. Um, And while these these verses were directed at leaders and prophets, we're going to actually approach this a little differently. I'm going to ask you to put that down. Take that person's name out of your head. Take that image of who that is out of your head and place that down. Now, we're not all prophets, but we have to get to the heart of Jesus' message for all of us. And that's the place where I want us to put ourselves. At some point in all of our lives, even the children that are in here, in all of our lives, there is going to be a time at which somebody looks up to you. This week, sitting around a fire, I had to remind my nine-year-old that the two-year-old sitting on his lap was looking up to him. He was a leader in that situation. Maybe you've been a teacher at school or here at church. Maybe you're a parent, an employer, a manager, a council member here, an older sibling, An advisor in some way God has placed you in that point in your life we've all been put there people will look up to those around them it's just a human characteristic we look at the people around us and we think oh I want to be like them or oh I really don't want to be like that I really hope that I'm you get it we all compare ourselves constantly So today, I ask that you situate yourself in the position of the prophet in these verses. Put yourself in a place in which others are looking up to you and trying to learn from you in some way. And now you're there, you've decided to follow Jesus. And following his ways through that narrow gate, down that narrow and at times very difficult path, is the way that you're headed You've decided to trust that Jesus is walking right with you and that you will be trying to follow his ways through life. Okay, so now what? How can others look at you and know that this is the way that you have chosen to walk, chosen to live? How can they tell that you are a follower of Jesus? By our verses, how can you tell? The fruit the fruits. We have to walk this really strange line here because it is true that we are saved by grace and we don't believe that our salvation comes from what we do. However, when we are living our lives with Jesus at the center, we cannot help but be formed. And from this formation, from our spirits shifting, From our love of Jesus, we will see a difference in the way that we live, in the way that we act. I've used this verse before, out of the overflow of our hearts, our mouth speaks. But also, out of the overflow of our life, we live in ways that only Jesus can lead us. Does this mean that we're going to be perfect? No, of course not. We will make mistakes each step of the journey. We will raise our voices occasionally in the wrong direction. We will get upset and we will get frustrated. We will hurt people without intending to. However, one of the things that I have learned from all my beautiful friends that I am looking at is this does get easier, I am told, the longer we walk with Jesus. So, I want to share some grace though, because Jesus is all about love and grace for those of us who take a little longer to give him our whole selves. We find in Luke 13, a little lesser known parable using a tree as an example. As a quick side note, there are so many trees in the Bible. When people ask me why I'm a tree hugger, it's just because of that. All right, that's totally a digression. (laughs) Um, Luke 13, verse 5. I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then Jesus told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the man working the vineyard, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, sir, let it alone for one more year until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good, but if not, you can cut it down. The grace here is we get second chances, third chances, fourth chances. God wants us to walk with one another Remember a few weeks back with that planks of our stuff, God wants us to be beside each other, fertilizing each other. Don't throw manure on each other, children. (laughs) Helping point each other in the direction of that narrow path, helping each other on this journey of life. And then when we make mistakes, he's right there, ready to properly take care of us, right at the base, right at the roots, of our very being we need to have those roots in order to be strong and full of good fruit so what fruit are we talking about Uh, i could make it really easy and say are you loving god well and are you loving others well Uh, i could leave it there since that's what jesus has focused on so well throughout the entirety of this sermon on the mount however there are some lists Uh, that we find in the New Testament of Fruits of the Spirit and so I'd like to share Galatians 5 with you. Uh, If you remember a few months ago the kids actually sang this, I thought about singing it to you and I decided I would read it instead. So verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, And self-control. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, competing against one another, envying one another. Now I don't share this list to give you something to work toward through trying harder because. Trying harder doesn't work. Thank you, if that's the only thing you guys take with you this summer, I am okay with that. Love God, love others, and trying harder doesn't work. Um, I'm gonna use a silly example. Um, If you really haven't gotten this idea down, uh, has anybody ever tried a diet? (laughs) Did you wake up on day one? You were gung-ho, right? By day three or four? That self-control is right out the window. You did not wake up and just be better. Or have you ever tried to quit smoking or quit drinking and never give it a second thought? Impossible. That's because transformation takes time, and we need to continue to show up and give ourselves over to God in that process. Salvation is not a one-prayer-saves-us kind of life. This is a journey. This is a journey with Jesus kind of life. This is the kingdom that I keep talking about. I lived in this place of trying harder a really long time, until I was about 27. This was my modus operandi, my M.O. I lived in the place of trying to be something I wasn't. It took years of therapy and 12-step groups to stop trying and start letting Jesus be this guide. And I'm not perfect, and I don't expect myself to be, and there's times in which I still operate out of my own stuff instead of what God is telling me to do. And when I start to feel myself slipping far too much into that, I run myself right back to a 12-step group, and I rediscover the Spirit Sometimes we need support in ways that only groups and therapy can help us. For others, it might be just a matter of calling somebody who you can be completely honest and transparent with. Sometimes it might just take some time here in the sanctuary. I've opened this up for people this summer to just sit. Sometimes that's all we need. A new feeling of what Jesus has. So if we don't want to be a false prophet to those who are looking up to us in our everyday lives, we need to start checking our hearts and our motivations well, not looking for perfection but progress, not looking for final judgment in this, because these verses could easily go right down to final judgment. I don't want to go there today. I want to sit right in the kingdom life that Jesus has for us today. The way that we can look and see if we are living the life that Jesus is calling to us to is to look at our fruit. So I'm going to do something different. And I hope that you guys enjoy this. Or if it makes you a little uncomfortable, I'm okay with that too. I'm going to go through a series of questions. With a slight pause after each of them, I want to give you guys some silence to reflect as I go. Feel free to grab your sermon note sheet or take pictures of some of the questions. If I say something that makes you uncomfortable or gives you pause, write it down. Give yourself something to ponder this week. If you see a therapist regularly, bring it to them. If you want to get together and talk with me, I will find time for you this week. All of these in questions are intended for you to think about your general self, not the once-in-a-while self that bites back sometimes, but the one that is typically right at the surface. So let's get started. The first question, are you loving toward all people during most circumstances, or do you tend to be a bit grumpy or gruff toward others? Would somebody else describe you as loving? Do you generally have joy in all you do throughout life, or are you regularly bothered and downtrodden about the burdens that you carry? Would somebody else call you joyful? Do you feel full of peace in the day-to-day moments, or full of worries and concerns? Would your family call you peaceful? Do you find yourself patient in most circumstances? or bothered by the little things daily, like other drivers on the road or employees and the places you frequent? Are you easily annoyed? If someone were to describe you, would they say you are kind? Or would they say you are critical, mean, angry, Grumpy, fill in the blank toward those whom you do not want to live life with or to walk life with? Do you find yourself generous toward those in need around you, toward church, toward other organizations with your time, talent, and money? Or do you find yourself holding tightly to what you think you deserve, to what you think you have earned? Do you find yourself reaching toward God in faith when the going gets tough? Or do you find yourself looking for answers outside of God in the day-to-day dealings of life? Would somebody describe you as faithful? When faced with a difficult circumstance or task that you just don't feel like doing, do you find yourself responding in a kind and gentle manner, or do you find yourself a little prickly and responding more out of anger or frustration last question when god is asking you to put something down or change something about your everyday life do you find yourself full of self-control able to easily start making progress Or do you find yourself gripping hard and griping loudly to those who take time to listen? I don't share these questions to elicit shame or guilt at all. Not one bit. We all have room for growth in these areas on this side of the grass. We all have days in which we just struggle to find these fruits in our lives. That's normal. But if you sat here and found many of the opposites of these fruits to be your regular life, maybe it's time to examine what true kingdom life does and could look like for you. Guys, there is so much hope in Jesus. Remember, he asks for us to follow him today, to enter that narrow gate, to walk on that narrow road today. Now, enter. You can make a change. I don't care if you're eight or if you're 80, you can absolutely make progress and change the way that you interact with the world around you. I knew the sweetest couple in Arizona um, and they were really instrumental in my walk. I met them when I was 28, and at that time, they were in their mid to late 70s. I don't quite remember how old they were. They'd been married about 35 years, and they uh, they, they had been on their second wedding for both of them. In getting to know them, they just exuded the fruits of the Spirit in the way that they interacted with each other and the way that they a- interacted with The entire church, every time I saw them, they just embodied the fruits of the Spirit. Not once, and I spent a lot of time with them, did I see a moodiness or a negative interaction. So for a while, I just thought they were really good at faking it. Because I was like, there's no chance that that's real. Like, people don't really live like this. So I, I got the guts, and I just was like, okay, I have to ask you guys, why are you so great? And they said, we went into therapy two years ago? They were in their mid-70s, and they had just started therapy a couple years prior. They had grown so much in those few years, and she said, you would not have even recognized me prior. She knows that it's never too late, and that's one of those things that I used to sit and cry and say, I'm so old. I was 28 when I met her. <laughs> I thought that there was no chance for me to change, that there was no way I would ever be anything different, and she would laugh at me. I really thought I was old. I know better, don't worry. Um... That is part of their ministry. She will still sit on Facebook, and they're, they're um, oh gosh, they're both in their mid-80s now. And they still will sit and say, it's never too late to change. It's never too late to show up to God, ask to hold their hand, and start working toward a beautiful, full life now. If we're not living in this fruit... If we're not living the life that Jesus has for us today, we're not loving God, and we're not loving others well. I can guarantee that each of us has room to grow in something, and you can't do it alone. I'm going to finish our verses for today. Verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven What's the will of my father? To love God and to love others. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you who behave lawlessly. I never knew you. How does Jesus know us? How does Jesus know us? We've been talking a lot about this. Through the Spirit? Prayer? Did I hear prayer? And talking about lawlessness, that just means there's no fruit. Jesus wants to know us and to know us intimately through our time with God, through our time in prayer our silence, different spiritual disciplines. We have time to commune with God, the Father, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And through this communing with the Godhead, we will leave changed. We will leave full of the one who can direct our steps when we allow it. We will be so full of Jesus and his ways that we cannot help but love others and God well. We will sit at home wishing there was more we could do to impact our community instead of wishing for more fill-in-the-blank. We will want to help. We will want to love, to assist, to offer our gifts in ways that only God can spark within us. We will annoy those around us because we cannot stop talking about how we are ready for God to use us in big ways. I want to see this for us here at Brockport First Baptist. I want to see people so changed that your friends start asking you what's different. I want to see you so excited about what we are doing inside and outside these walls that you cannot help but share with those you meet and those you've been friends with for the last 20 years. I want to see you so full of peace That you comfort those around you. I want to see you so generous that you are willing to give up most of a Sunday now and then to help with the gathering table. Shameless plug, sorry. (laughs) I want to see your joy and enthusiasm match mine. I dare you. I want to see us changed people, glowing in the light of Jesus so brightly that we start to affect change to the community around us in big, big ways. Please pray with me. God, you are so good. Thank you for being a God of second and third and fourth chances. Thank you for being willing to walk alongside us. Thank you for not expecting perfection, but progress. Thank you for being willing to help us grow in your ways, in your light, in your fruit. Help us to be people who cannot help but point others to you in our words and in our actions. Help us to love you well and holy help us to love others in full. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. You can connect with us on Facebook at Brockport First Baptist on Twitter, at BrockportFB, and on our website, BrockportFirstBaptist.org. Our theme music was composed by Scott Holmes. This has been a production of Brockport First Baptist.